0: Good morning, good morning, good morning church, good morning, good morning church. Hopefully you found someone to meet and greet and, and talk with and say hello to. You know, nostalgia to me is always something that I always really enjoy. Nostalgia is something that I look back on and all the stories that, uh, that I remember growing up. And I remember a lot of stories and now the end thing now is a lot of vintage stuff. And so I'll go around looking at different things and it reminds me back of like my past. I remember in first grade, I had a friend next door, and we wanted to do something, so we chose to pick up trash. And so we picked up trash on our neighborhood, and I remember his dad came out. We were super scared because we were picking up trash. I said, what are you doing? I said, uh, we're picking up trash, and went back inside. I was like, oh, no, this is, this is all bad. He, he, he came back outside in his house, and he said, this is for you. He gave me a popsicle for picking up trash. It's okay. You can eat it. Your dad's not here, so don't worry. Okay. So, I remember, I remembered, I remembered this show. This show was the best show, and it was called Captain Planet. And I still remember the theme song today. Captain Planet, he's our hero, and then he, and then na na na. Nah. I wanted not to be like Captain Planet. Captain Planet was weird. Dude in like tights and green hair looked like a, like he's supposed to be in a punk band, okay? But I wanted to be, you see that guy right there to the left with the bowl cut? I wanted to be him. Because <laughs> you laugh now, but he had the gift, he had the gift of like, there was like wind, fire. It was, I think his power was like, like moving things, you know? I was like, I wanted to be like him. And I just remember the show taught me how to be aware of things like recycling, things like there are regulations and laws that help countries and places to be more sustainable. I remember, like, it was all in a cartoon. I just remember I was so jazzed about recycling when I was a little kid, like super, super psyched. I remember when I was a little kid to my mom, she would um, go around the neighborhood and pick up a lot of cans and bottles. And... I remember these things a lot, our house, and our backyard, and like bottles and bags. You know, church, um, this morning, um, you know, where do you all these kind of connect to? And how they connect is that I was learning about um, stewardship. Um, you see, they all connect because there was some kind of stewardship that was going on. See, stewardship is when you, you care for something. And back then, I didn't know I was caring for different things. As a matter of fact, not only was I caring for things, but I was caring for things that connected with environmental justice. And, you know, environmental justice was something that I, I did intention unintentionally. And you see, uh, one of the crazy things about this is that I was really caring about creation before I actually knew there was a creator. And So um, church this morning, as we gather, um, we're gathered because we're, uh, we're, going to get a chance to kind of have an understanding of what is stewardship, what is environmental justice. So uh, my name is An. I'm on on staff here at Lehman. I've been here for uh, quite a while. And uh, this morning, we're going through our series on serving serving the world. And today's emphasis is um, how do we save the world by living simply for the environment. And today's emphasis is a biblical case for environmental justice. So um, there's a lot of acronyms, a lot of words going on, and I uh, there's a there's a, there's a lot of vocabulary, but we're gonna get through it together. And so um, this morning, I, I think I like many of you, this week has been um, interesting to say on uh, what's going on in our nation right now, especially in Washington D.C. And every time I get a chance to come up here and, and come together with you, I see two sides, right, the left and the right side. And a lot of times, when I think about our nation, we're divided in so many different ways. And this morning, I want to pray. Like, like, like you know me, um, I'm really big on just, just, just being together. And so when I look at our church, sometimes I see this big division right here, right in the middle. It's like it splits different sides. And so this morning, what I want to do is I want to pray. Um, but How we're going to pray is that um, look to the left, you to the right of you, and I want you to join hands. And if you're from across from the other side, I want you to kind of bridge that gap up there. And let's pray together as we... Uh, as we gather I know some of you are like like, I don't want to touch their hand like I'm sick or like uh, who is this person then you know touch shoulders or elbows or you know or pinkies however you want to do it but I want to see this middle right here join together as we pray so if you're sitting really far away come, come on in closer make friends you know add them on Twitter or something I don't know say hello let's pray this is so beautiful church I wish you could see what I'm seeing right now right here this is so beautiful. Hey, church, let's pray. Can we pray? Father, Lord, there is so much going on in our world, in our Father, Lord, in our nation, in our city, in our community, even at home. Maybe when we're now coming right now, we're broken. and We're just in, in shambles. Maybe right now, we're just coming here. We're upset with somebody. And, and we might even came with them too, Father, Lord. May follow Lord what we've seen on the news or on Twitter and conversations that we have about what is what is justice and what is right and what is speaking out. There's so much, Father Lord, and, and I can't think of a better way to channel my feelings, my frustrations, my my anger to knowing that you, Father Lord, are bring to you because I don't know what else to do to it, Father I come to you because you, Father Lord, make things well, and make things right. And simply right now, follow this room, coming together in the middle, just praying and holding hands, Father, Lord, it's a symbol of togetherness from every color, every race, every culture, every background. It doesn't even matter where we're from. So as we dive into, Father, your word today, the due church, and you give us an opportunity, Father, to understand what does it mean, Father, Lord? What does it mean, Father, Lord, to be a steward of you? Because right now, Father, we're being a steward of you. We're now coming before you, knowing that there's so many prayer requests right now in this room and needs that, Father, only we could tell you Sometimes just holding a hand or being together as being in one place gives us that serenity with you, Father Lord. Amen. You're probably asking, what is environmental justice? So let me tell you, environmental justice is a fair treatment, meaningful involvement of all people, regardless of race, color national origin, or income, with respect to development of implication and enforcement of environmental laws, regulations, and policies. Now, the EPA, I'm pretty sure many of you don't even know what the EPA is. The EPA is a U.S. environmental protection agency that our government legitimately runs. And how do I know that? Because I've been to EPA.org, and there pops up this, or, this agency. It sounds so surreal that it's not even there. I, I, I thought I was coming across like S.H.I.E.L.D. or something, you know? Something different, you know? So, what is our posture? What is our posture towards an attitude towards environmental justice? Now, what if I told you this? What if I told you that we have a God, a creator, who created you to have stewardship over this earth that he gave us? What if I told you that? Now, the mission of EPA is more interesting. the mission of EPA is to protect human health as well as the environment. I know what the EPA says, right? But I'm going to tell you a little more about today what GOD says for you today. What does it mean for you to have environmental justice through stewardship? So I want you to Church, have this in your mind real quick, so that the creator of the entire universe gives all of you a chance to be a steward of earth. It's like God kind of coming to you, and it says, hey, I'm going to give you the keys to my house. This is really the keys to my house. Here you go, brother. (laughs) It's keys to the house, and he wants you to care for it and take care of it. Like, make the beds, like breakfast. Brother, I got two girls. Have fun, okay? So what if I told you that today we're going to get a chance, right, to see the scripture as a key, right, for our understanding of what it means to have a biblical case for environmental justice, and it starts today. We're going to go into the book of Genesis. Now, you probably wonder, on like, okay, there are like a million other problems right now, and we want to talk about environmental justice. Are you are you kidding me? Do you are you watching CNN? Are you watching things that's going on the road? I, I would say yes. You see, before um, sin, before. Uh, non-equality before problems like justice. God created a world where they weren't even there yet. God created a place where it was actually perfect. And you see, Adam and Eve were the first people to be mandated to be stewards of what they receive. As a matter of fact, Adam and Eve were the first people to have their first-time minimal wage job on earth, right? And that's actually not a bad job, right? You work the land. You have forever life, all the food you want, and you didn't really care like how you look like because you didn't have any clothes. So it didn't matter, right? Like it was the perfect job, the perfect job. Now you see, because if God created everything, everything does matter to God. There's nothing that's unequal or less important to God, and that's why it's important. You know, I wanted to try out what is living kind of like a little bit of environmental justice so I challenged myself for a week to collect all of my trash and just to keep it and see what kind of amount that would have and so under here is all my trash this is all my trash for the entire week I saved every little like to-go cup bag there's there's like some pretty smelly stuff in there. I drove it with me okay uh my wife didn't like it but you know I said hey I'm trying to be a steward to show, like, wh- what was it? And so this whole area is just all me. One week of just collecting trash. And this is not, not recycling, not composting, doing nothing. Just collecting whatever it is. So I would be literally in restaurants, restaurant. That's just, hey, can I <laughs> walk away with my trash in my car? Matter of fact, um, my wife threw away my trash, and guess where I had to go get it? In the trash can. Now, I did one week of trash, but I also did one week of doing everything I can to be a good steward of my waste of everything out of all of this one week of my entire trash right here i composted uh, i recycled Um, i didn't use any like uh, like napkins or like when i was in the restaurant i would literally dry it on my shirt because i'm gonna wash it anyways you know um so in here are some you know interesting things like in and out sauce and um you know, Q-tips for my ears like, and bags of chips. You know, you can't recycle a uh, bag of chips, you know? So I felt guilty after eating that bag of chips. Um, but this is one week of being a better steward. Isn't it crazy? My little cup. You know, this morning, um, ways that we could have an understanding is that you return to me to Genesis. We're going to Genesis 1, uh, 26 to uh, 28. And that's just a few parts of the scripture that we're going to go in. Uh, if you don't have a Bible with you, uh, to someone in front of you, uh, share with a neighbor, we're going to have it on the screen for you too as well. And this is a way for us to find out what is the biblical case for us to take a look at stewardship. And Genesis, it says this. Genesis 1, 26 to 28. And it says this. Then God said, let us make mankind our image and our likeness so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and all of the creatures, and they move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female. He created them. Verse 28. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in your number. Fill the earth and subdue so it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over everything living creature that God moves on the ground. Right here, right here, is stewardship. Right here, it's a biblical direct account for us to have be a steward in his creation. Right here is a biblical case for stewardship. You know, God, who consists of knowledge and righteousness, expresses himself in a creative human for us to be, what? Stewards to have domain over the earth. This morning, this is going to be huge case for us on why we are a steward. And the best way to see why we are a steward is we're going to go through these three verses to give us a better understanding. What does it mean to be a steward? To be a steward. So verse 26. Verse 26 says this. It says, then God said, let us make mankind our image and our likeness so that we may rule over the fish in the area, fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all of the wild animals and over all the cre- creatures that move along the ground. So, if God, the creator, created us in his image, right, and he created us to rule over as his creation, to be a steward, we're made by a creator that gives us permission to do so. So, in a sense, he chose us. He chose us to be a steward, right? So, we have to remember right here is that when God, on the days of creation, this is day six, and God spends a little more time here talking about humans, talking about us, of why he created us. Now, here's one aspect of this part of scripture that's really key is that God uses this us in first person. So, first person is that He sees us very intimately to speak to us very closely. You know, the start of human kind of began with us thinking what ways that we could care and be sustainable because God gave us rule. You know, um, when I was a kid picking up trash, um, I felt like every single piece of trash I was picking up in first grade and putting it in a bag. I felt like I was ruling the world because it was me and my other friend, like my homie, and we were picking up trash one by one, and we did it pretty much every other day. And we were proud of our little, like, Cova sack grass area in San Jose on the east side. I just remember, like, that was my feeling of being like, I have ruled over this. I could do this, you know? You see, what I understand is that stewardship is something that you don't just learn, right, which we're learning right now. But stewardship is something that you also be taught. And so you here in this room can learn how to be stewards. But you also hear, like, I'm pretty good myself. Then I'm going to challenge you to actually teach stewardship too as well. So if you can learn it, you can teach it. I sure did when I was young. Many, many, many moons ago, right? Verse 27, it says this. Verse 27, it says, so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Now, when I was reading this, this part of scripture, I'm like, why is God? Why is God repeating himself over and over and over again? And this is the part that I really enjoy. See, God here is using contrasting things, right? He says, night and day, land and sea, animals and human. You see, this is where, again, we show like God spends a little more time on speaking about why his creation is so important to him. So we know we're supposed to be stewards. We know that we have rule over this, right? What does it mean? See, this is the setup for the ultimate, ultimate relationship, right, later on in the New Testament, right, with Jesus, right? Is that we're going to have not just Jesus as God's son, but also in a relationship with Jesus to have an opportunity to be intimate, to be close. Words that I chose about why this is so important for us to have a bond with God is that words like worth. Words like whole, Words like being a witness for God. Is when he chose us, these are the things that he desires for us. You know, God provides a bond that... We are made in His likeness. So things about Him, things of Him, we can actually become like Him. And that's when we're actually going to be a God, but we get a chance to have qualities and things like Him. You know, I, I wanted to be a planeter so bad when I was in grade school, right? And, I, and my daughter asked me this past year, like, what do you want? Like, what's your favorite character, right? And I said, obviously, Captain Planet, right? And this is what she made for me for my birthday, okay? She made me a Captain Planet... Like signage, right? And she, uh, she's—he like, has a mustache. Ha! <laughs> I don't know why she doing a mustache, and it's green too. Okay. She says, hey, dude! Happy birthday, bro! Uh, like my new mustache. <laughs> I've even read that. Okay. Um, obviously, speaking in a planetary voice, but I wanted to be like Captain Planet so bad, so so bad. But what I realized, right, was that as I got to know Jesus more, I got to know God more. I began to understand that my worth and my identity is actually in God. And growing up, uh, definitely there were moments in my life where there were interesting moments where I felt like I wasn't, I didn't feel like a witness. I didn't feel whole. I didn't feel worthy. So as I got to understand God more, I began to understand, I don't need to be Captain Planet. I could be me. I could to be who I am. Now, I'm not saying that not being Captain kind Planet of not cool. I, actually, I still do very, very much, right? Um, but like, he created in his image, right, to be him, to be just like him. Verse 28, it says this. It says, God blessed him and said to him, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves along the ground. This is the originator of God bless you because this is where God blesses us to do so. Think about that. So we spend for five days that like he's in creation making earth, land, sea, and birds. He actually, the, 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 the foundation of land was not even there until he created land for us to be actually living on, to be and to do, right? And later on, we, we learn about how in creation, things like sin, things like we pay attention to who we are. But right here, God says with the word blessed. That's a really key word. It says God blessed you to be what He created you to be, a steward of what He was given to you. You see, we're God's creation, we're a blessing, and we have domain over everything. One of the biggest pet peeves I have is when people say, especially those that know Jesus and love the Lord, and they, they serve him, they go, you know what, good luck. Hey, good luck. I'm like, what? Do you believe in God or do you believe in luck? Imagine if it says here, it says, God luck, you know, good luck to you to be a created, good luck to you to be a steward, good luck to you to be what someone has given to you, right? But the God that we have doesn't give us luck, right? The God we have gives us a blessing. So when someone says good luck to you, I'll go, you mean blessing? I'll take a blessing any day. But I don't want your luck at all. No point. I want a blessing. And so God is blessing us as his creation. You know, it's not that we have our stewardship over this earth and do whatever we want to do to it. And I think over, over time, you can see how our world has been um, subdued so to some really evil things that other people have done, whatever we want to do to it. But here God says that how do we treat it with respect? Because the way that God entrusts us, right, with this with his creation, his plan, right, it's because he wants us to treat it with kind and love and mercy and grace. You know, if God gives his full mandate for us to be a steward to his father's house, right? Then what does it mean to be a steward? And this whole morning, I've not said to be a good steward because you see, in order to be a good steward, it means that something that's already been bad already for a long, long time already is bad. But what God's giving you already has always been good for you to steward. So meaning is that you know, you need to be a good steward. You need to be a steward because what God's given you has already been good. You know, my mom um, didn't know that she was being a, a steward when she was collecting cans and bottles. As a matter of fact, I was really ashamed of her for doing that. I was known as the kid, the mom who ran around the neighborhood collecting cans and bottles. I was ashamed. See, my mom was inadvertently being a steward because not because she was doing it for the planet. She was doing it for the money. But you know what that money does? She, she gave it back to our family. And as I got older, I began to understand that even though she didn't understand what I meant to be a good steward, and she was doing it unintentionally to be um, fighting for a of justice, I began to be a steward myself when I found out about Jesus. Because my shame that I have for my mom was actually something that I was ashamed of for myself. When I overcame my own shame of who I was, I began to see that I should not be ashamed of my mom. I should bless my mom. And so if we know in God's word, right, that of his truth and his blessing and his knowledge, then what kind of stewardship can we do and can we be? Still today, my mom calls me every day, every single day, never fails. And I still get a chance to tell her every single day that I love her because I get a chance to do that. And it's a stewardship the same way that what are we going to do with this earth? We're going to do this place because it is good. And how can we be a steward? You know, so... How are we going to start living and have an opportunity to be a steward on this earth? And so how can we respond? Like, what does your God, your creator, create you to be, and to do? And this morning, sometimes, um, you know, it's really easy to, to hear stuff from the pulpit and, uh, and really not take it back on Monday to do anything because we just don't really feel like this is what we're called to. what if I told you that sometimes sometimes the best ways to to have action is through having um, a way that you can apply it right away an application Um, so this morning uh, I want to invite up a very very dear friend her name is um, Christine Liu and um, she's our guest this morning to give us more tangible ways that we can just apply how does it for us to be a good steward right for God How do we really encourage environmental justice? Now, Christine, um, she created uh, uh, just basically a a creative way for her to really respond to the way that um, that God's been giving her these gifts. So she's a a creator of Snapshot of uh, Simplicity. She's a blogger, a YouTuber, Instagrammer on Facebook and Pinterest. She's actually wrote a book. Um, And so she is finding ways to really have, Living Zero Waste, her journey of learning faith with environmental stewardship, as well as tips for ways that we can start looking at how can we be more environmental um, friendly with things that we do. And so can our church give a warm welcome to Christine as she comes up and tells her story. <clears throat> hey, Christine. So, uh, last night, how was being in Oakland, hanging out? Do I need a mic? Oh, yes, you do. You're right. Let me give you a mic. I and mean, I can talk for you a <laughs> Yeah. Oh, is this on? Yeah, it's on. It should be it's on. It's on? Okay. Yeah, cool. You're very good? All right. Yeah. Nice. So, um, hey, church, this is, uh, this is Christine. Um, you know, we... Uh, we, we have a quiet relationship. Uh, we go back for, what, retreats that we uh, that I guess spoke? and.
1: I mean, the first time I met you was actually when I was in high
0: school. You were in high school still?
1: Yeah. Wow. Okay. Because he came to speak at my youth group. And then I remember, he used to be the youth pastor of my cousins.
0: Really? Yeah, Tiffany. I Whitney. Didn't...
1: And then, like, I think the first time I met you, Tiffany had just chipped her tooth. <laughs> so my cousins okay. are definitely very lively. So on.
0: her cousin went on a his trip. In Mexico, she was running on the, on the floor of the church. She fell, smashed her face, broke her tooth. She came to me and showed me her tooth, and the first thing I did, I, I just laughed at her. Okay? <laughs> Obviously, I told her to put it in milk. And did she save her tooth right? She did, right?
1: Yeah, I think so, but she broke them again when she was a senior in high school. Okay. Anyways.
0: <laughs> okay, super, super sad story. Um, hey, Christine, thanks so much for coming out. Yeah, of course. Um, I think one of the first things about you that I, I remember the mostly is that I remembered... Um, something about the way that you did things, I was like, "That's a little different of how you began to be a better steward of just the environment." I know it's like automatically, but before that, um, can you tell us your story, Christine, to our church?
1: Yeah, for sure. So I want to talk a little bit about my story in regards to how I even started this lifestyle, and I'm gonna try to cut it as short as I can. But when it all really started, when I went to college. Um, I think college is a very defining moment for everyone's life when they are off on their own without their parents and really trying to figure out what they want to do for the profession um, to make an impact on the world. So for me, I knew that coming from a Christian background, I wanted to love God and love others. So I put that as kind of it was the first and second commandment in the Bible in Matthew, and also the other gospels too. And I went into college thinking, okay, I'm going in as a business student. Maybe I can make a lot of money and donate it to people. I don't know. So (laughs) I went into business for one year, and then I immediately didn't like it, unfortunately. So I decided to switch my major into something a lot more hands-on. And I discovered a major at Cal Poly SLO called Industrial and Packaging Technology. So it's a very interesting major. It's like a blend of industrial engineering, manufacturing, and packaging engineering. And it gave me a lot of, I would say, information about how things are made. Um, where everything goes and how much of an impact we really have with our consumption, and slowly but surely, the more I got to understand about the stuff that we are making in this world and where it all goes and how it's being made and what materials is being made with, the more I realized that America has a huge consumption problem. I was really struck; it really struck a chord in my heart when I heard that we make up five percent of the world's population but produce about forty percent of the world's waste. And just hearing those statistics just were pretty staggering for me. And I thought, if I want to love the world, do I want to leave a garbage patch? Or do I want to leave a huge mound of garbage for future generations to come? And even so, there's a lot of health implications of using plastics in our food packaging and all of our products as well that have really been shown to cause so many different types of diseases and sicknesses in people too. So that definitely got me to start thinking about how I could live more simply, minimize, and also lower my overall environmental footprint. So God really opened doors for me as soon as this really touched my heart. And um, slowly but surely, I discovered the zero-waste lifestyle and was empowered to blog about making the switch to live more simply and more sustainably. So I actually have in this bag my trash as well. (laughs) This is my trash from the past two and a half years now that's not recyclable and not compostable. I know that for a lot of you, it's a little bit daunting. And it's like, there's no way I'm ever going to be able to do this. But I think it's just a really cool illustration to show you that it is possible to minimize and be really simple in the way Mm. that you are consuming things. So that's a little bit about me.
0: So uh, this past summer, you had actually a really big life event this past summer. Um, uh, Did you? You brought a friend with you, a special friend with you.
1: Oh, wait, my husband? (laughs)
0: Yes. (laughs) So um, this past year you got married, right? Oh, yes,
1: that was in the winter.
0: Okay, it was winter, yes. Okay, (laughs) that's pretty big. Yes, so um, how big has been Peter part of your life through this lifestyle, and through your story? Because obviously he's part of your story because he's your husband, you know? And so he likes you. I think you're both married, so amen. Um, But how is he also part of your story?
1: Yeah, so Peter, my husband, is not zero waste, but he, <laughs> he's doing really well. I would say that um, when we first started dating, he didn't know that I had this passion and it kind of revealed itself all of a sudden within two years of dating. And at first he was like, what are you doing? <laughs> but slowly but surely began to see why I was doing what I was doing. And even now, he does small things um, to reduce his waste, and every time something goes wrong, he gets really angry. So there's this one time we were in Seattle, and we wanted to get donuts in our own container, and the lady got really mad at us, and he got mad at her. <laughs> so I can definitely see that he's, though he's um, not completely zero waste, he's definitely learning, and he's growing yeah. through it, and he's able to connect with me and also empathize what I'm going through. Yeah.
0: So... Um I know that we talked about a little bit about things that you're doing, and so one of the things that you told me is that there's something called the five R's. And so can you tell me more about the, like, the five R's?
1: Yeah, so the five R's is a term coined by um, the founder of the Zero Waste Movement. Her name's Bea Johnson. So these, we are pretty used to the terms um, reduce, or reuse, reduce, recycle. Um, but essentially what the five R's are, um, you have to do these in order. So the first R is to refuse. So if you don't need anything, just say, no, thank you. Like, I don't need it. So, for example, um, if you want to buy something new, consider not buying it and, like, keeping it in your shopping cart online for a week and see how you feel after a week. Do you really need that item? The second one is to reduce. So, if possible, try to simplify the things I need in your life. So, for myself, that plays out in living very minimally. Um, I try to have as few items as I can in my household, and um, I'm trying to continue to pare down how much I actually need. The third one is to reuse. So when you have the option to reuse, try to bring a reusable water bottle instead of using a single-use one. Um, Go for reusable utensils at a a restaurant, eat in, Um, so things like that. Um, The fourth one is to recycle. So if you can't reduce, reuse, um, then go ahead and recycle and try to find the best way for Um, a product to be made into something new again, so that we don't just end up throwing away all the resources and the energy that was put into that material back into the earth for, uh, I guess, for the landfill to just sit there. And the last one is to rot, and that means composting. So if you have any organic materials that can no longer be used, just put it back, all the nutrients back into the earth. And for myself, I do vermicomposting. I have worms at home. They're my pets. <laughs> and um, there's a lot of other ways to do it because you guys are really lucky. You guys have a great municipality here that has industrial composting. So just learn how to compost and just put it into your bin. It's really great.
0: So actually, our, our, our lead pastor, he was really uh, not into the whole composting. And someone in our church was like, hey, you, you got to get into it, man. Like, I'll, I'll get you the stuff. I'll get you the worms too and everything. And so our lead pastor, Pastor Andrew, is actually composting, like literally, like right now, like like you are, with 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 your little friends. What's been a, what is easy and what's hard about the five R's?
1: I would say probably the most difficult thing is the reusing. For me, whenever I go to the grocery store, I bring a lot of my containers. So you guys might see in the picture on the upper right, I bring a lot of containers to the store and I ask people to, put like deli meats in there or cheeses over the deli. Um, And then I will also bring in my jars to fill up at the bulk bin. So I reuse my packaging. So that can be a little bit of a hassle for people, but I really enjoy it and I find it really fulfilling. But I think that one of the easiest things that anyone can do, um, the thing that you can do starting tomorrow is to refuse because it really just takes a simple no, maybe just a little bit of patience to realize that you actually don't need something.
0: Yeah. No, one of the the crazy things about um, the things that you're sharing with us, is I, I kind of wanted you to kind of show us. Like, so what are some things that, things that you brought that you could show us and give us insight, some things that you have? Like, Obviously, we put some pictures for people to see in the containers and these use. but what are some things you have right now that you kind of just to talk about? Like, what's in your bag, you know? Yeah,
1: let me get my bag right now. <laughs> I have two bags. but So this is my everyday bag. I'll just put it right here. And inside, I usually have a water bottle. It's empty right now, so it's a little bit more lightweight. I also have reusable utensils and a cloth napkin in here. So I have chopsticks, a reusable straw, that's stainless steel, and also a spoon. Once I find it, it's in here, I promise. Or it's at my sister's place. I don't know. It's somewhere
0: in there. <laughs> hey, don't worry, church. Uh, you're going to get a chance to have a Q&A time meet and greet with Christine uh, after service in the fellowship hall. And she will have all these out. Um, I he- encourage you do not touch it because it's her personal stuff, but you take a look at it, and so we will be Q&A time in the fellowship hall. But.
1: Yeah, the other thing I like to bring around is this stainless steel Tiffin. It's a lightweight container that I use for getting things on the go, or if I have leftovers at a restaurant, I can just put it in here. And then that's all, like, the zero-waste items, but I think another interesting thing is I also carry around a pencil case, and in that case, I have a fountain pen and also refillable whiteboard markers, so.
0: A refillable whiteboard marker? Yeah,
1: so these are refillable whiteboard markers. I use them when I go grocery shopping. For example, I have quinoa here. So what I do is when I go into the store, I bring my container empty, and then I label the product number on it as well as the weight of the jar with this whiteboard marker. And then when I go back home, I erase it, and I put the date that I bought it as well. And then this is also a fountain pen. So instead of using just one-time-use pens that you lose all the time, I've invested in one that I can refill, and I've had it for the past couple of years. So it's been really
0: great. Nice. So that's bag one. What's in bag two? Probably everyone wants to know yeah. what's in bag two, bag y'all. Two right? or yeah, bag some... two You want bag two? Can we go bag two? Is that okay? <laughs> People are cheering. I see someone like this, <laughs> quietly.
1: Yeah, bag two is just some other random knickknacks that I brought from home. So here's another switch. Oops, sorry, that shed. (laughs) It's okay. This is a natural bottle brush. So I know a lot of people use plastic ones. So this is uh, just made out of wood and also natural materials. Um, And then also when I go grocery shopping, I like to use bulk bags or sometimes bread bags if they don't have a tear system at their grocery store, as well as these are mesh cloth bags as well for produce. Very cool. They're all really great for getting loose items. And even if you don't have the money to buy these things, I know a lot of people that use old pillowcases. Mm -hmm. Nice. Um, Let's see what else. So in these boxes, this is also a really cool find. Um, A really easy switch I think everyone can do is also switching over to a bamboo toothbrush. So instead of a plastic one, which is disposable, This one is completely compostable except for the bristles. You just have to pluck them out at the end of life, or you can reuse it and use it to clean small areas in your bathroom or throughout your home. So,
0: that's very very cool.
1: Yeah, bamboo toothbrush. Should I keep going?
0: Yeah, please. Okay. I think people. I think I I would uh, offend the person in the back that was clapping silently. (laughs) Let's
1: see. Oh, speaking of other bathroom things, um, this is a loofah. So this is a, an alternative to a like plastic sponge. I use this for washing dishes. I use this also um, in the bathroom when I'm taking a shower. So my actually Tim's fiance's mom grew this in her own home, dried it, and then she gave it to me as a bridal shower gift. <laughs> but you can buy them, too you don't have to make it.: So on your make own. sure
0: if you have one in the kitchen, one in the restroom, do not switch them out, okay? <laughs>
1: So, this thing is also really cool. This is called Bees Wrap. This is an alternative to plastic cling wrap. It's made out of organic cotton as well as Bees Wrap. And wow. with a touch of a warm hand, it just stays like the shape. So, you can just put it over a bowl and it is the alternative. Otherwise, you can use a plate or a lid or something. But yeah, that's,
0: that's very cool. Bees Wrap. I like it's completely compostable. I feel like yeah. environmental MacGyver right now, you know? <laughs>
1: worth sharing okay so going into some bathroom products i brought this little tin right here this is an alternative to traditional sunscreen which is oftentimes it has a lot of chemicals in there which isn't good for coral reefs also sea life as well so this is completely um i guess sea turtle certified <laughs> it's um in a recyclable tin and it's completely natural so i like to use products like that
0: that is very cool wow i don't even makes like this
1: yeah and then the other things um This right here, this is some DIY lip balm that I made. I have a recipe in my book. So this is made from some bulk ingredients I can get from bulk stores, either online or also. In San Francisco, there's a really good store called Rainbow Grocery. Um, So you can make it on your own instead of having plastic. Um, But there are just so many great companies that have come out now with really awesome products that have compostable or recyclable packaging. Mm -hmm. So here's one example. This is a deodorant stick. And instead of using plastic, it's completely compostable. So it's really cool.
0: So um, Christine talked about her book, and so uh, I'm gonna give you permission right now to go on Amazon. This is her book that she wrote. She took her own pictures and found a publisher. And um, I already ordered mine. It's coming in next week on the fourth. She has a couple of copies. These are her personal copies, so well, don't steal this it. Is
1: the one copy I brought with oh, me. one <laughs> copy.
0: If it's missing, church. Come on now. All right, <laughs> you, you go on Amazon. You can buy this. This is amazing. Um, and so um, you know, I think. There's, I feel like there's just a plethora of different things and so many different ways and different conversations. But one of the things that kind of stood out to me the most was that um, you said that you know like you wanted to love God and, and, and you know that you're loved and you wanted to be a good steward. And that's something that really caught my attention of why you wanted to do this. It's not because you are um, environmentalist or a green thumb or these terms that we have that I think in my opinion, I think to those that are looking at environmental justice are kind of derogatory, but ways that you just want to love the earth better and God better, right? And so um, what's one way that we as a church can to support you in this this season for you?
1: Yeah, so I think the first thing is if you guys find that my story is compelling and want to share it, please let me know. I would love to come speak at local schools to students because I love speaking to kids about this because they're always really fascinated. Or if you have groups of people that might be interested in learning, I would love to come talk. The second is if you think the book would be really interesting for you or you'd like to take some steps forward, I'd really recommend ordering it because it was really through God's strength that I was able to write this because I was working full-time, I recently got married, and it was a little bit hectic, but I think God really inspired a lot of the things that have been in this book, so I hope that it's also a blessing to you guys too. And the last is um, I'm also considering a career change right now and doing blogging full-time. So I just want – I would love prayer from you guys about – um, how to go through that transition and also um, I've been sharing my faith more mm. as well on my blog and that's been um, it, it has its ups and downs I see a really small but growing community of people of believers that are also interested in this movement but I want to be able to show them that this is my true identity is not being environmental it's not being zero waste but it's being a child of God.
0: I think one of the things that uh, so we talked about a posture what can we do what's why is it important for us to have environmental justice. um, I forgot to tell you about what is the prognosis. What happens if we don't really care about environmental justice? What what could happen? What could really happen is that, um, to be honest with you, things like global warming, things like climate change, things like deforestation, and so much more that involves environmental justice could come. Um, Recently in the Bay Area, this past June, the way that the Bay Area recycle has changed drastically because... um, most so of our waste, most of our recyclables, I'm sorry, most of our recyclables are reused in other countries, and they buy a big bulk of our stuff here in the Bay Area. Um, that has actually dwindled down by a huge percentage because China now only wants 1% blemish on recyclable things, meaning is that they want clean recyclables, and so we're forced now to either have a lot of recyclables that are in the West Coast, most of those recyclables end up in, in landfills right now or in other countries right now that can't afford to take our recycles, which is kind of insane because it actually reduces back literally years of ways that we can recycle um, so what can we do about it and so you now th- th- this morning our point is this right our point is that um, environmental justice it's worth there's a worth to it and our stewardship is because God loves us and ultimately gave us his son right Jesus to make all things new and all things. With grace and mercy, and in uh, Micah six eight says this. It says, it says, and what does the Lord require of you and me? It says to act justly, love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. So, will you this morning? Will you accept an invitation towards a momentum of stewardship? And so, church, um, we're gonna pray. We also pray into a time of communion, and we welcome you. Uh, To also come meet Christine, say hi to her. She's going to be there with her husband. And so get to know more about all these wonderful products too. And so church, will you pray with me? Father, I thank you for um, this opportunity to come before you just to to worship you, to love you, and to be with you. Um, I ask for you, Lord, to give us an opportunity to be a steward, um, for us to be a steward of what you've given us. So what does that look like? Does it mean for us to rethink the way that we do certain things? For us to really um, change our habits? Is it for us to, for Lord, to also even take a look at the ways that, Father, we haven't been a good steward because we never thought about being a steward. And So, Father, I think you've given us is good. And so may we be a steward, Father, of things that um, you desire for us to see and partake and be. So, God, you are good in all the ways. And so, in Genesis, Father, it's, it's a reminder of what, the creator of you has given us as his creation. And we follow, Lord, stand before you and say that, Lord, we are being a steward for you and doing all as we can. Maybe this is your first time hearing God and a biblical case for it. Maybe this is your, this is, you, you've been here for the longest time and you know God and you, you've been following the with Jesus, but thinking about environmental justice is something that's always been the back for it because it's easy as tossing it away and kind of forgetting about it. But Father, Lord, may you give us a posture um, with a prognosis and a point to understand that, Lord, that um, you entrust us with so much. And with so much being entrusted with us, Father, Lord, may you give us, Father, Lord, a reminder of how can we serve the world? And how can we serve the world by changing it? And if our changing is by living simply from the environment, because we now know the truth about a biblical case for our mental justice, may that, Father, Lord, in our heart to remind the story that all things that you've created are good. All things you have made for us, you care about because are created by you. Thank you for this morning, Father. Lord.